Welcome to Orange Intelligence, a KUKA Robotics podcast featuring key players in the drive towards innovation and automation in any market. Hello and welcome to Orange Intelligence, a podcast from KUKA Robotics. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the show. Today we're exploring the exciting topic of mobile platforms and mobile robotics with Denise Ebenhuch. She is the Regional Head of Advanced Robotic Applications for KUKA. Denise, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me here, Tyler. It's my pleasure. Well, I am excited to get a chance to uh, to dive in and explore these topics with you because it's an exciting world and things are moving so quickly right now in the world of robotics. And so, Denise, let's start off here. Tell me what mobile platforms and mobile robotics are and what they're capable of. So mobile platforms, you can think of like, so they are self-driven vehicles. They are transportation platforms and they just transport whatever you like to have transported, right, to go from A to B. And then you combine or can combine that with robots. And that's when we from KUKA side say these are now mobile robots. So and, and if you have a robot on top of a platform and it's driving around, you can imagine that you have way more possibilities now to do. I mean, the robot can pick something up, um, drop it off someplace else or do some assembly in between. So you're really getting more flexible. And maybe just to mention that in the how do I put that in the non-KUKA world sometimes? So officially mobile robots are also referred often to only the platform. I think it's just because, you know, we come as a robotic arm company where for us a robot is a six or seven axis manipulator. That's why we call our platforms that have a robot on top mobile robots and we refer to the platform only to mobile platforms. Yeah. Okay. That that's a that's a good clarification to make and a good thing to say here off the top, so everybody kind of understands what the different terms mean and and where we're coming from on these different terms. Uh, so tell me, Denise, what are some examples of uh, facilities where you've seen mobile either robotics or platforms being integrated, and and how are they used in those facilities? Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of mobile robots are running at, you know, like Amazon and, and Coso and warehouses. Um, and then you have some approaches trying to bring service robots into stores. But what we are more concentrating on from KUKA's side is to really go into production. And it's really cross industry. So it's, I saw it in automotive, of course, tier one, electronics, but also consumer goods, food, aerospace, um, electronics. So it's really cross industries um, because the, the capabilities are just so flexible, you know, and, and you can do a lot of stuff with that. So it's not confined to a specific industry. That's really interesting. Have you seen them integrated in places like labs and uh, and maybe, like you mentioned, manufacturing and things like that? Have you seen these these mobile robotics and mobile platforms being utilized in a, in a setting like a lab or something like that? Actually, yes. And you have to understand that a lot of times these mobile robots are used be, because of to, to really replace repetitive tasks, or, you know, tasks that are boring and, and very you know, you might want to have people doing more sophisticated jobs. So if you look into a lab, I mean, you, you have high paid, really smart people working there. And we, there's actually Hamer Eva. So that's the uh, a mobile platform without a sensitive robot on top, where you even have more capabilities, right? Because of the sensitivity of the robot. And they use this robot to 
produce molecules. So, and, and what they did is they have different workstations where they do different tasks to mix whatever you have. I'm not a chemist. So whatever you have to do to mix these molecules together. So they're different machines. They are not meant like, you know, an automotive process where you have just a line and welding. So it was something the researchers were doing themselves before. And now they place this mobile robot in there and it's doing all these different tasks. And because of the flexibility um, they have, and uh, they, they, they combine all this and now the researchers can do their job and these boring tasks can be done by the mobile robots. That's really fascinating and, and really interesting to learn about, especially in the, in the lab setting. But uh, I do wonder, and I'm sure plenty of other people have this question, just what kind of safety features uh, do these robots come equipped with that allow them to work safely alongside human workers as well? So that's a really good question. And I think we can separate this maybe into two parts. So first of all, the, the, the more direct answer to the question. So these platforms come with an inherent safety. So there are safe laser scanners. And in our case, they scan 360 degrees around. And if someone, you know, will come too close, they will stop. So that is an, an inherent safety you have there. And then if you think about having a collaborative robot on top, so the robot can also be programmed in a very safe way. But you also have to consider the whole application and the safety for this um, not only the platform or the robot itself. So often you add additional safety sensors to have a 3D kind of safety vision. Sometimes it's more like soft skill, let's meet us, or using the, the humans that are working together with the robot, so we shouldn't forget about them. So additional training maybe, and then access restriction in areas where you know the safe laser scanners might still work but not sufficient and also you know making the application and and the working of the mobiles in a way that it's predictable for the people that work with them so have dedicated paths um, they can drive have some signaling that they know now it's turning right or left or something like that um, so that also helps with the, com the whole safety setup. So not only, you know, reduced to, we have laser scanners. It, it's really a, you have to think about the whole environment and the, your application, because every application typically is a little bit different than the other application. Right, right. That, that makes sense. And yeah, obviously different, uh, different settings and different applications are going to going to look different and that sort of thing. So, you know, one of the big things, Denise, uh, during this time of, of COVID-19 is that facilities have sought to really reduce human contact and increase social distancing, right? And, and so to find ways maybe to integrate robotics and platforms uh, so that there's not as much contact between people to help reduce the spread of the virus, right? So have you seen these platforms and these robotics be used in facilities to uh, to that end to try to help uh, reduce the contact between people and to help keep people more spread out? It's actually an interesting question. And I told you about the application in the lab. And now they're really happy that they installed this robot because it's not only, you know, they can do their humans, highly sophisticated brain work, but it's also they don't have to go to the lab anymore all the time. So that helps a lot in the specific application. But of course, um, I mean, if you think about what these mobiles do and what they do is they connect workstations, which are often, you know, people working there. So 
having a robot connecting these different points instead of humans connecting these points, of course, help with social distancing and a disconnect <laughs> in a way. I'm just laughing because usually you want to have humans to connect to each other. And now we try to disconnect to some degree for safety. <laughs> so, so yes, uh, more and more companies now thinking about, especially with this background of COVID, um, to use more automation in general, but also um, the, the mobiles because of this connection feature. Right, right. I, yeah, I think that's an interesting point is just talking about the social distancing. And you're right, the, the lab example is a really great example for that um, because it, it does so many positive things for the people that are working there in the lab. And so tell me a little bit more about advanced technologies like omnidirectional wheels and flexible navigation. How do those play a role in allowing these these platforms and these robotics to operate in different environments and in different settings, right? Because we've talked about manufacturing, labs, lots of different types of facilities. How do those advanced technologies really enable that to happen? I think it comes down to, for me at least, to, to one word, and that is flexibility. So the omnidirectional wheels add a flexibility in the driving capability. So you can really drive in any direction. You can turn on the spot. So this helps you with having, you know, usually you, you don't have, space is always a big topic in production or, or in general, you know, the less space you need for something, the more space you have left for other things. So space is, is money. So, and with these omnidirectional wheels, you can, also drive in, 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 in more confined spaces. Um, and then the, the most confined space application I'm thinking of right now is uh, electronics environment in a, in, inside a clean room. Um, that also adds to, you know, your question about environments. Now that we can go into environments like clean room where it's really tough to work inside. I only I mean, with my work, the really fun part is I can see all these different applications and industries and production. That's always the, the most fun part of my work, right? So I, I once or twice enter these clean rooms and you have to, you know, suit up with and, and, and go through, uh, through different processes before I can even enter this clean room. And I didn't even get into these really um, high clean, clean rooms. Um, so it was already uncomfortable and I was only there maybe 20 minutes. So to have this now, and, and because they were not set up, um, so that, you know, automation or robots can, can be there. So having the omnidirectional wheels in these tight environments really helps. And also then talking about the the navigation capabilities. I mean, now you, you have these laser, these are laser scanner based, LIDAR based navigation types. So you use the environment features around you to navigate. Uh, before that, you, you typically had to, to install something in the floor that you follow. So you really were less flexible, first of all, in, in, in driving in general, but also a lot of, I mean, we are in a world right now that's changing really quickly. And that's also true for production processes. So now with having these um, new technologies available, when you, in, in, in case you have to change your process, it's, it's really easy. It comes down to, to programming more or less to adapt your process and not to have really a lot of installation or reinstallation you have to do on the floor. Right, right. So, uh, Denise, for you, for you personally, what excites you about 
the direction that uh, that mobile robotics and mobile platforms are, are moving? Are there things that that you see that that excite you for the future? Uh, what what you know what excites you about uh, about what's going on in the world of mobile robotics? I found it really exciting. I mean. If you look at my CV, this is the first time I stay with the same topic for now over five years. And I think it's, there is still so much to learn. There is, you know, what works best, where else can I put it into? And as I told you, first of all, one of the really fun part is to see all these different facilities and production processes and environments, you know, being in a, you know, in a food production or whatever, I mean, to, that, that's really exciting, but it's also then when you when you explain your technology and, and the capability of this new technology to your customer or your potential customers, and you just see the engineer's brain working, I can actually see how their brain is working right now. I really enjoy this. And then, of, of course, you know, the results of this thinking, all these new, fresh ideas, what you can do. So I, I think that's what what really excites me absolutely absolutely so denise as we as we begin to wrap up uh, this this podcast episode today um i've loved getting to learn uh, about your insights on this topic and, and learn a little bit more about mobile robotics and mobile platforms um is there anything that you'd like to say in closing either uh, features that we haven't mentioned or just a summary statement on what mobile robotics can do and and, and that sort of thing i i would say have a look into that it's it's a really interesting technology and it's really there to support people and workers um, with tasks that otherwise you know, might, may lead to injuries and so on. So it's really the also the human side of, of this technology I really appreciate um, to, to, to help um, people to stay safe. Maybe that's my, my final <laughs> summary <laughs> that everybody really can stay safe. And that is a uh, that is a very beneficial and good thing to keep people safe um, and to keep people from, um, as you mentioned, doing those tasks that take time during the day but takes people away from their expertise, like moving things from one spot to another spot, allowing robotics to uh, to take on those roles that are either unsafe for humans or time consuming and not beneficial. Those are fantastic uses uh, for robotics in these facilities, and it's wonderful to see how KUKA is advancing things and how things are moving forward in these areas. And so, Denise Ebenhook, thank you so much for joining me today here on Orange Intelligence, a podcast from KUKA Robotics. I appreciate uh, getting to learn from your expertise and insights. Thank you again for having me. It was my pleasure. Absolutely. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Orange Intelligence, a podcast from KUKA Robotics. Of course, we have previous episodes of the podcast, so if you've missed any of those, make sure you go back and check some of those out to learn more about everything going on in the world of robotics these days uh, from a company that is uh, absolutely on the forefront of, uh, uh, of this movement. And, of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening. <laughs>